welcome back to episode three of the Survivor Fantasy Football League, where we break down all of the craziness going on within our little own fantasy football league. Um, it's definitely been a wild couple weeks. Uh, we've touched upon a lot of different uh, crazy moves and moments going on in fantasy this week. Uh, we had some, we had some pretty big shakeups. I was going to say uh, this was this was a crazy week. Definitely a lot more things that went down than week one that we'll get into for sure. Yeah, for sure. But uh, as is, I guess, tradition now at this point, if it's two times in a row, we have an in- exit interview with uh, the. F- 15th or the second person eliminated 15th place in our fantasy football league our good friend Liam so welcome buddy how you doing how you holding up thanks for having me fellas wish it didn't have to be like this but happy to join yeah thanks for joining Um, I don't think many of us expected you to be out this early I mean the what went down was just catastrophic in week two I think we could all agree like that there was just absolute mayhem well, it, it it's just typical shit of, like, you can have a, a pretty solid fantasy football team put together, and they just all just decide not to perform one week. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally yeah. just the worst possible scenarios that could have went wrong for you went wrong. Yeah, yeah, I really didn't see my first-round pick being the one to let me down, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. It, Really, the the only reason that you lost, Liam, is through no fault of your own. Just Tyreek Hill just got completely locked up by the Ravens on uh, Sunday Night Football. Hashtag Ravens flock. Yeah. You shut him down. Just, yeah, just, I mean, the Ravens just doubled him all game. Him and Kelsey, they let the other guys beat him, and uh, they couldn't. So, kudos yeah. to the Ravens, but unfortunate for me. Yeah, very unfortunate. Yeah, I, I mean, catching up on what kind of the process was this week, and we, we said we didn't expect you to go, and there was good reason for that. I think midway through Sunday, we were debating whether or not it was going to be John Osborne and Team uh, – what's, what's his name? Uh, team Osborne, Eddie George. And then between him and the Speedling Spectaculars, but that's not me, that's Hunter, we both thought that they were going to go home. But then Derrick Henry single-handedly carried Hunter with his 47 points and just pretty much saved him alone. And then John, if I remember right, Let's see who he had that carried him. Oh, it was it was wasn't it Cordero Patterson or something? Crazy? Cordero Patterson scored like a late touchdown. Yeah, out Cordero of nowhere, Patterson, made that play. Yeah, made it a good play, just out of absolute nowhere. Um, so then, after they got bailed out, we were like, "Oh, uh, Team Rick." I mean, he's in a lot of trouble. The salty spittoon didn't look good. He only had Lamar and Hollywood going into that Chiefs game, but they combined for fifty-five points and saved his ass. So. Out of nowhere, it was just Liam left in the dark, needing a miracle, going into Monday Night Football. But then Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones kind of sealed your fate. That was – you had a prayer, but it didn't – it ended quickly. Yeah, didn't pan out. <laughs> yeah, what was that, the first drive of the game? I just <laughs> yeah, like immediately. Torture against <laughs> yeah, one, stuff at that one point. Team had, one team had Rodgers, one team had Aaron Jones, and then Aaron Jones passed Aaron uh, – Aaron Rodgers passed Aaron Jones for a touchdown. You immediately lost. Yeah, that one hurt. <laughs> well, Liam, if it's any consolation to you that everybody else really liked your team because the Vultures just absolutely picked them apart, and I think all of your starting players got picked up. I, I think you, Very quickly, yeah, it's just yeah. one of those things. I think your team was just really solid, as good as it probably as good as it can get for uh, a league as big as ours. But it just it works out where one day 
DK Metcalf or somebody like good just doesn't show up and you're like, Oh, well that's it. I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it was bittersweet seeing everyone get picked up. It made me feel like they did a good job, but obviously I uh, just couldn't control it. I hope whoever picks up or did pick up Quintez Cephas. Wins I the lead. Yeah, I did. Then of course. Riley, I'm cheering for you then. Off your that's call, bro. Definitely picking up Quintez. William's been hyping up Quintez Cephas for a while now. So why don't don't we dive in and kind of break down what went wrong, Liam? I guess we talked about Tyree Kill and even touched on DK Metcalf having a bad game. But is there anything else that you think was the reason you got voted out? Yeah, I think there were two things. Um, I mean, the first one I couldn't really control was the Gus Edwards injury. Um, I think I picked him – it was between rounds three and five, and – that really just burned me, losing a pick that early. Um, my running backs after that were shaky at best. I mean, Kenyon Drake and uh, who is my other guy? Chase, Chase Edmonds. Yeah, I mean, they're good for PPR because they are receiving running backs, but um, it's obviously not an ideal situation for RB1 and RB2. So that hurt. Um, I'd say my second flaw, and this I think going into next year, I'll have a much better idea, was uh, not spending any money on the free agent wire. Um, I thought yeah, after the first to, week, right? Yeah, exactly. After the first week, I probably should have um, put in a little more for Justin Jefferson or Antonio Gibson because I was starting uh, with Ronald Jones and like Hunter Renfro and Renfro was fine, but it's kind of sketchy. I should have put in for them. Um, I wanted to just survive. I thought if I got past this week, I would make a big splash, but you know, can't take anything for advantage. Should have went all out earlier. Yeah, it's uh, so I I also noticed that on your team you had both Dalton Schultz, the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys, and Blake Jarwin, the backup tight end <laughs> for the Dallas Cowboys. So, take take us through your process there. Uh, and which do you prefer of the two? <laughs> I don't even. I forget which one I drafted. I think it was Jarwin. I think I drafted Jarwin like last round or something like that. And um, and then Schultz went off in the first game. So I was like, all right, well, you pick him up. And then Jarwin did better in the second game. So, um, you know, I guess I would go with uh, Jarwin because I won week one, week two, lost Schultz. <laughs> Schultz was kind of dead to me. But, <laughs> yeah, when I guess when, that probably wasn't great. Whenever I'm watching uh, – like the Cowboys and they, they end up throwing to like one of those white tight ends. Like they, like Dalton Schultz and Blue Joe don't even look the same. And like, I can't even process what Joe Buck says. I'm like, Oh, it's just one of those guys. They <laughs> yeah, they're, both, the they're both like 80 something too. I'm like, I can't really tell if it's like 86 or 89. Like, so I'm yeah. pretty sure they're both the exact same number. <laughs> yeah. I also, um, one other thing was I drafted Michael Thomas pretty early. I just, I don't even know what my thought process was there. I, for some reason, I was thinking, like, for a late game, um, which I guess it would have worked if it was for a late game, but in a league like this. Um, you I looked ahead to the end too early. You hear that a lot in Survivor. Yeah, yeah, play, exactly. It's classic. Played too hard. <laughs> and uh, I guess, like you say, you should just fly under the radar in the beginning, and flying under the radar would have been drafting a safer pick, maybe just give me a consistent 10 to 12. But, uh, yeah, you'll live your life. I mean, in terms of you brought up the the radar, let's say, who do you think isn't flying under the radar? Who do you think is the biggest threat right now, has the best team? Who do you think has the best chance to win it? Um, uh, I forget. team. Oh, um, A.O. Wu. 
uh, John Boyle. <laughs> his team's pretty uh, good. I mean, Mark, Mark Jordan had a great week last week, too. Yeah, I want to talk about that eventually because that doesn't make any sense that his team <laughs> went off. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into it. I, I we agree. We can break down him kind of when we review last week's cha- uh, uh, immunity challenge, so we could talk about that for that. Yeah. But I mean, it's honestly, Liam, it's nice to not hear my team come out of your mouth because the second Timmy <laughs> J brought my team up last week, I had a panic. I was like, oh my god, am I perceived as this threat? This is bad. My team's not that good. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think you and Riley um, are definitely targets in that. Um, You've played before, so you have that idea. So I guess that's definitely a reason to be a threat. And, I mean, Riley has Quintez now, too. So <laughs> if I could get Riley out next round, if I were still playing, I would, because he's the biggest threat it's a bit, outside it's a bit of John. Quintez is ready to uh, carry Riley to a title. Uh, well, I, don't, exactly. I don't know. I, Quintez may be cursed, because every team Quintez is on gets kicked out immediately. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I agreed. I think – we talked about this last week, but I think JP's AO Woos team, still a team to beat. It's just, like, freaky good. Just yeah, I mean, he, like, he, he was the top yeah. team in week one and the second best team in week two. I mean, that's dangerous. If he was able to get an idol in the week two, that would have been catastrophic. He could have wreaked havoc with an idol with one of the, with the team he has right now. Yeah, it's cra- pretty pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, I guess the last the last question I got for you, Liam, is a little bit in the same vein. Is there anyone out there that you're rooting for? Maybe like an underdog story that you're pulling for to win it, even though they might not have a chance? Um, yeah, I mean, after uh, seeing last week go down, um, the Salty Spittoon, um, <laughs> I thought – has potential to be a nice little sleeper. I don't think he's bad by any means, but I think he's kind of going under the radar. Um, right. So I think Eric can make a very legitimate run uh, if he keeps going at this pace and just kind of flying under the radar and then makes his late push. And with a team name like Salty Spittoon, I mean, you're not drawing attention to yourself. So everyone might think you're <laughs> funny. You might think, ah, oh, the Salty Spittoon, he isn't, he's not going to win. He's a SpongeBob name. He's flying <laughs> under the radar for sure. They're drafting all the tough guys. Yeah, yeah. They no, had bowl, bowls of nails for breakfast without milk. Without milk, yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. His his Eric's team is definitely like the standard. Like everyone's pretty good. They're all pretty good at their job, so they're not ever gonna like really lose you a week. But the, exactly, the, they'll keep you competitive. They'll keep you around, and they're, they're just a solid foundation for if you want to expand on the waiver wire. Definitely can make some upgrades. All right, dude. Well, did you enjoy your? your first venture into the Survivor Fantasy Football League? I sure did. I wish I uh, poured out the rice on my exit. But, uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, I had a great time. Just go back to your apartment and just pour the rice, yeah. rice out of JP's <laughs> right in his lap. It's only well, right. Be careful. You don't, you, don't, you don't want to make enemies. You never know what could happen in this game. You never know. This is true. If there's a Redemption Island or anything, I'm definitely uh, hanging around, listening to all the podcasts in case there's any hints at it. There you go. I appreciate it. All right, man. Well, it was definitely good talking to you. Uh, you're more than welcome to hang around if you want to hear us break down the whole thing. But if you don't, if you want to go to bed, I also don't blame you. It is way yeah, too I'm late probably going to take you up on that pretty late. Yeah. yeah, I don't blame you, dude. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Of course. Enjoy the rest of the podcast, fellas. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man. Peace out. See it. Tribe is smoking. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, so definitely want to get into breaking down some of these these moves. So 
I think the biggest thing is we said that the challenge was going to be the top scoring team wins a hidden immunity idol, basically being that at any point up until, was it week 12, I believe? Uh, yes, week 12. Week 12. If you think you're going home before, you can play the idol and not get voted out, which definitely is a huge help. And No, certainly. <laughs> it's yeah. an absolutely huge advantage. And um, it's crazy because we – the winner of that was Team Jordan, our friend Mark Jordan. And what's the same thing about that is that if you remember back to last week, Steve, you were saying you were very worried about Mark Jordan's team. I, yeah, I wanted to issue an apology live on the podcast because I thought his running backs were putrid and I didn't think he had much of a longevity in this game. But he turned out to prove me wrong and anyone else who doubted him wrong. His running backs put up massive amounts of points. I don't care what their names were. They put up points. It it's it's insane. It's, it's also that that one Tyler Lockett game where he gets like thirty plus points that he had right. that this week. Um, exactly. But I mean, also. getting getting twenty out of JD McKissick and nineteen out of James White. Maybe he's just smarter than the rest of us playing these PPR guys in a PPR league. I know they're they definitely worked out for him. If if Mark Jordan wins, he has JD McKissick to thank. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, but I I, I apologize for my criticisms of him last week. But again, he's running out J.D. McKissick, Ty Johnson, and James White again this week. Like, is that is that a winnable lineup? Who knows, you know? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, still, I don't think he, he didn't make any real updates in the uh, in the league in terms of any waiver wire pickups, which is pretty nuts. Yeah, I mean, in terms of other storylines that happened this week, you, you touched upon what happened with Eric and everything already. Anything else you want to call out? Well, yes, but I think you need to talk about kind of what into what went into this little brother and brother collusion. All right. Place. All right. So I was, I was visiting my brother Colby at school and uh, he... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. you were in person for this. Oh, of course. Yeah. Oh, this is even worse. I thought this was just like a, he sent you a trade and you oh, accepted no. it. No. So we were in person and he was saying to me that he was very upset because Josh Jacobs, his RB1 in the league, was out that week because he was a, he was a pretty early scratch like probably right before like Thursday night football and he had been panicking and sending trades to pretty much anybody who would listen <laughs> to try to get like another running back and nobody was biting and he was like man like I don't know what I'm gonna do like I just I need to get like, a new running back and he's like I'm even like I'm throwing in like Devontae Adams in these trades like I know it sucks but like I, I need to get like some to, to stick around and I'm like all right, man, like, I have a trade if you want to do it. Like, I will send you my David Montgomery and my Chase Claypool for your Devontae Adams. And he's like, all right, I'm in. And I'm like, okay, are you sure? Like, this is, like, a pretty big trade, and I bet people are going to get pretty upset. He's like, well, I need to do it. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll accept this trade. And, now, was there, any, was there any alliances or agreements involved in this trade as well, or was this just a strictly trade to make a trade to better both teams? I mean, it was definitely – I I mean I definitely want to keep him around. I think it'd be fun, it'd be fun to have him around in there, obviously. But if it works out, where else to get his best player? I can't say I'm I'm too upset about it. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if you think about it, in a league like this, I mean, a trade like that on paper seems crazy. But if he thinks he has a sense that he's on the bottom, you need to do what you need to do to survive, and he survived. Who knows what could have happened if he didn't make that trade? I don't know if anyone did the math, but it could have been bad. Who knows? Definitely, definitely, definitely. So, I mean. It's not like uh, you're playing for 
end game here necessarily. He's trying to survive through a week to week, which I respect. Where Liam, you know, he said he looked ahead too early, and look what happened. He drafted Michael Thomas, and he's gone already. Yeah, exactly. So in the end, I mean, it was a – who knows? We'll, we'll probably look back at that in a few weeks, see what happens, and probably either hate the trade or love the trade for somebody. But that will be more interesting. Yeah. Uh, any other storylines that stood out to you? I can't really think of anything off the top of my head. Not within our league and even not really around the NFL. It really wasn't that good of a football week. There were a couple of injuries, don't get me wrong, to like Tua and Andy Dalton and Carson Wentz, but no one was really like playing those guys with a chance for them to like score big numbers or like win you a week anyway. So I can't say it's that – uh. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not ideal for anybody who lost their quarterbacks. Like, honestly, I we shouted him out last week, but we I think we have to shout out again Team Pal, who was dealing with only Andy Dalton after week one and used great waiver wire acquisitions in week two to get out of that situation. Because if he was stuck with just Andy Dalton, he would be screwed right now. And now he doesn't even have to play him at all. That, that's the best. Definitely want to limit as much Andy Dalton playing as possible. <laughs> that's for sure. I mean, who had Tua? I'm trying to find who had Tua. What's Team Trap? Who's Team Trap? Team Trap. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who that is, so I'm just going to pretend it doesn't matter. <laughs> team Trap. I hope you're that's okay. Hunter. <laughs> oh, why is that? <laughs> I hate you, Hunter, so much. <laughs> you're literally a trap. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he just replaced two with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, that's smart. No uh, no issues there. He also had Carson Wentz, so he had both quarterbacks who got hurt. He's actually in a little bit of a tough situation. That's very interesting. Yeah, it, what's funny is, like, when if in, a, in our league, because of the quarterback, uh, like, availability room being so thin, if, like, your, back, if your quarterback goes down, you're pretty much forced to play their backup. Like, yeah, like, like you, there's like what else are you gonna do? Like even like in preparation for this week, when they announced Tyrod Taylor was going on the IR and the Texans were gonna be starting this guy David Mills, he was <laughs> on the waiver wire, and I'm like, well, he's a, technically a starting quarterback, and who knows if he's gonna be any good or not? But I can't take the risk that he may be good, right. so I just picked him up anyway. I'm like, all right, well, well let's see. Well, yeah, what's well, funny too, not to shout out a different league, but in our APD league, we have a similar. It's a 14 team league with two quarterbacks. Which, I mean, we hate this league. We, we complain that there's way too many people in this league, but we recognize that we should be the ones to leave it, yet we refuse to leave it for some reason. I don't know why. Um, but I had Carson Wentz in that. And if you remember, I actually got criticized. I didn't get criticized, but a player in our league got criticized because they traded me Brandon Ayuk for Zach Wilson just because I was like, I don't need another quarterback. Let's just trade him away. Uh, Brandon Ayuk kind of stinks. Zach Wilson also stinks. But it'd be nice to have another quarterback because Carson Wentz got hurt, and I have Trey Lance, who's not playing. So I picked up Brett Hundley. I, I, I don't know who that is, but he's now playing it for my fantasy football team. That is 2-0, and I need a win. So the value of backup quarterbacks and quarterbacks in general in these leagues is just insane. Oh, God. Yep, no, that's how it works. <laughs> it's a tough league for sure. All right, and then um, I guess we can – move into uh, talking about uh, the waiver wire updates. As always, if you want to watch all this stuff live, um, just go to our regular fantasy football uh, page. You can kind of look at everything that's going on, all of our trash talk, everything, that, uh, all the budgets and team changes and roster transactions that we have going through. Yeah, we, we don't have time to break down everything on here, and we don't want to. 
So follow that link in our bios and all over the place. So check out our league page. Yeah, I I would say the things that stuck out to me the most were, um, as we were saying, Liam, uh, his team had two pretty studly receivers in Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf, who there was a, a all-out bidding war uh, between Jake, our friend Jake, and our friend Dan to see who got one. And Jake got DK Metcalf, and Dan put a, a portion, large portion of his money into getting Tyreek Hill. Uh, so it worked yeah. out for them. Yeah, we. I was actually talking with uh, Dan today about that. And, I mean, uh, what's the number? I think he dropped uh, – It's like 200. It was like 250-something. 225 on Tyree Kill. We were both talking about whether or not it was an overprice or an overpay, and it wasn't really Jake, I think, bid. We did the, we checked, and he bid, I think, 200 on him. So Dan didn't really overpay. And, I mean, I think what stands out to me the most about all these acquisitions is that the survivors in this league are starting to kind of get the idea that you need to go after these players to survive. Because week one, me and you came away with some guys for basically like a third or a quarter of our budget when – I, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't even plan to get Justin Jefferson. I threw 100 at him. I'm like, we'll see what happens. And I got him. But now these guys kind of feel or kind of get the flow of the game and realize that they need to bid a lot on these players. Like, they're worth a lot of the budget. Yeah, literally. It's it's pretty pretty crazy. And I almost regret I, – I only uh, – DK Metcalf went to uh, Team Jake Janso, whatever his team name is, uh, Survivor JJ. And I bid 75 on him because I'm like, well, nobody bid on players last week. I don't think they're going to do it again, and I was wrong. I regret that. I could have bid a little bit more. I could have used another player to add to my team. So that's the same thing. Yeah, I was like, we kind of got outgamed a little bit because we got a little cocky from last week, I think. Literally, yeah. Jake, the fact that uh, Tyreek Hill went for, like, over 200 200 and was highly bet on as opposed to only, like, three or four people bid on DK Metcalf and he only went for $100, that says a lot about – that says a lot about something. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I like both of them. I personally didn't. I don't think I bit a single cent on Tyreek Hill, but I went after DK. I love DK. Um, I think Tyreek Hill in a league like this is just scary because he's so boomer bust. You saw what happened to Liam. He ruined Liam's season. Whereas yeah. DK, if he's bad, he's still going to put up like 10 to 15 points, you know? He might not yeah. have the crazy upside, but do you need that upside? True. I, the only one I really wanted to break down is uh, the other guy who got into a, a pretty decently sized bidding war is uh, Jalen Hurts. I think there was three offers well over a hundred dollars for him, and uh, which definitely definitely makes sense. Definitely tracks in a two QB league, and especially in a guy where who rushes a lot and rushing is so valuable in fantasy football. So yeah, that was something else I regretted too. I I was like I want Jalen Hurts, but I'm not going to overspend because I don't think people are going to bid on him, and I was dead wrong. I was very wrong and had a bad read on it because I needed another quarterback really badly. Trevor Lawrence kind of stinks. No, he's horrible, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, the, the one thing I would like to pat myself on the back with personally, um, don't want to be a dick about it, but I, we, I know we were just talking about him with uh, Michael Thomas. I put in a very low bid of $10 on him just because I didn't think anybody no- noticed that he was even on Liam's team. And no one did. I, I think it was I was like one of the only people who bid on him. So I was able just to get him. He's sitting in my IR spot. Probably looking, looking ahead, looking down the road. I know. I'm, I'm probably going to get screwed already. But uh, we'll see. 
Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad move in theory. It's The question is, by the time is he playing, like, is the waiver wire going to be stacked anyway? Will you really need him, you know? Yeah, and also, to be honest, I just like the idea of it because that's one of those things that you add in the fantasy cast and fantasy football is like, <laughs> God, like, you're projected to win now. Yeah, it's like, all right, right cool. Exactly. No, yeah, I mean, like I said, not a bad move in the theory. It probably isn't. I mean, it's 10 bucks. It really doesn't matter, like, in, yeah. in the grand scheme of this league, so – True. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's definitely been fun. Yeah, we, we got some stuff coming up. Um, anything you're looking forward to? Uh, this this challenge coming up seems pretty crazy, and uh, it seems like people kind of assume – I'm just going to say some people assume it could be pretty straightforward who's getting kicked out of this league coming up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll uh, first I'll break down kind of what the challenge looks like for this week. Um, so it's a team challenge. Uh, we assigned two random captains, which turned out to be Team Math and Team Rick Devins and Cordy Grip. Um, and using a schoolyard pick, just like in Survivor, they drafted the other 12 teams and built a super team, kind of, if you want to call it. And the, their goal is to have the highest cumulative score for their team. And the highest cumulative score, each player on that team – will receive an extra $100 in fab with the captain getting 125 And not only is this just a fun little challenge, but you kind of got a sense of where some allegiances may lie and even where, where everyone else kind of has a sense of who the threats are and whatnot. Um, the draft actually took place earlier today. Uh, I kind of wanted to ask you uh, really quick what you thought of the first overall selection being Mark Jordan to Team Matt, Riley. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit t- taken aback by that. I think a lot part of it was that um, I think Dan was looking ahead to the points four and saw that Mark's team, I guess, attentively scored the most points four. Um, but looking at his roster, I just don't know if I would if I would have done that pick again. We already broke down his roster. Maybe maybe J.D. McKissick has another huge game ahead of him. That's where, that's where I bring up the, a little bit of a weirdness because if he was looking at points four – J.P. Boyle's team would be number one. So is, do you think there might be a little something something going on between those two? Maybe. There's a solid chance. I, I, to be honest, I was getting coffee with the both of them when, when Dan even found out that he was doing this <laughs> anyway. So maybe he did it just because Mark was sitting right next to him. That, I mean, that would make very, very much sense. I don't, I don't want to read into anything, but we got we to gotta, we gotta point it just like I pointed out what could have been going on with you and your brother. Got to point out things that may be going on in this league. I, I also think there's a solid chance that could, we're in so many different fantasy football leagues that can get confusing. And it, Mark's team is really good in our, in our other league. Oh, his league. team is filthy in our other league. <laughs> so, I think there's a solid chance that it was really early in the morning and Dan wasn't really paying attention to it. It was looking at team at Mark's team from our, our real fantasy football league. Yeah, it's very possible. But then, I mean – Going into what ha- what followed that, uh, Corey Grip followed by picking you next. Which, what did you think about that? I thought JP was the pick here. I don't know why JP, probably the best team in the league, was getting overlooked twice. Well, I, I, I think that really comes down to um, another one of those things of you look at the final final standing projections, and my team's pro- technically projected to win the whole league just because I have like McCaffrey and Devontae Adams and all these like better play, like players now that's so. true the, the new trade kind of comes into play too a little bit i think i agree yeah. with that yeah um sure. i'm very excited to be on this team with you and Corey as well i was picked third by him after dan smartly picked jp finally um after that 
uh, Dan picked Eric. Uh, Corey picked uh, Jake Janso, Survivor JJ. Dan Math picked uh, Pledge Mile. Hunter, I mean, <laughs> Corey picked Hunter, Team Speedling, or whatever you want to call him. I don't even know half the time. Crap. Um, yeah, uh, Cool Math went and picked John T's team. Um, then, then went Colby. Then Team Pal got picked over John Osborne. That's the last thing I want to talk about. Team Pal picked 11th and John picked 12th. What do you, what do you, do you get a sense that that's who we get, think is going to get eliminated this week? See, I don't know because I, I understand how people could say that T, that John may be in trouble, but I'm, I'm starting, I'm, I am really worried about Team Pal that he's trotting out there as with Saquon as his RB1 and Amari Cooper as his wide receiver one, who both are pretty banged up right now. So who knows how well they can, contrib- how they can even contribute. Um, I think that may be a, uh, a big problem for sure. And, and not to mention that he's relying on two Dolphins wide receivers whose quarterback will be Jacoby Brissett this week. <laughs> yeah, true. So, I mean, Team Powell's – I think the it'll be between Team Powell and Team uh, Eddie George for sure. But, again, we've been way off the first two weeks with our predictions. So, who knows where it'll go. I'm rooting for Team Powell personally. I, I, I love his underdog story going on. And, I mean, we'll see with Team Eddie George. I mean, he's on our – reward challenge team so I hope he puts up points to say the least one thing I would say that may become an issue is uh team math Dan's team he has Dalvin Cook as a starting running back but Dalvin Cook has not practiced in two weeks so there's a solid chance that Dalvin Cook may be like a late game scratch and then what do you do you're kind of screwed when you're missing such a huge contributing player like that so well I, t- I just took the liberty you brought that up i was curious who else is on his team his backup would have to be malcolm brown that's his next best running back like that's a really bad situation if that were to come for to fruition so that team math could be in trouble if dalvin doesn't play yeah exactly but all right it'll be yeah it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens i'm i'm pulling for everybody out here hoping nobody but I, I'm very excited to see what happens. I really hope it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, say it. So I hope it's not myself. Um, I mean, as as the host, at least we'll still be kind of intertwined with this game no matter what, which is kind of fun. But, uh, I mean, I'm praying it's not me. I'm praying I just survive. I don't want to put a target level on my back. I'm just going to try and lay low for a bit. Um, and other than that, I mean, make sure you guys – uh, follow along with all the hoop fiends and football fiends content that'll be coming out soon. Basketball season's about to get started. The hoop fiends are going to be getting into gear. The football fiends are releasing their QB rankings and this pod every week. We're excited for those pods. Uh, be sure to follow us on social at hoop fiends pod to uh, stay tuned to all these releases. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I got much else. So no, we got a lot coming down. A lot coming yeah. down the pipe. I'm excited for basketball season. I'm excited for this football season. I'm excited just for life in general. Yeah, life is good, man. Go life. Go Octavia. I want to, I'll give a public shout out to JP Boyle. I'm very, very sorry about the loss of Cosmo. He is the best cat in the world. Great and cat. I hope he rests in peace in heaven. He deserved a shout out on his pod. Um, so yeah, we'll end it there. Rip Cosmo. You're the goat.